I don't believe in no one's scenarios. Data, 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 I cannot make bricks without clay. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another Cheeky Scientist radio show. I'm very excited about this show because it's the first one that we've done on business development roles. PhDs are rushing into these roles. There's a high demand for them. Uh, We're going to talk about what these roles are and what business development is. There's a lot of different definitions, but at the PhD level, it's something very specific. Uh, And I want to encourage you to open yourself up to these roles because on a long enough timeline, every single career track turns into business development. You want to stay in R&D? Great. Guess what happens when you get to an associate director or director level? Do you think that you're pushing a pipette? Do you think you're programming, working with your hands? No, you're doing business development strategy at the highest level, which is why this radio show is so important. So we're going to jump, jump in and talk to a panel about their experience in business development roles, and then we're going to move forward to the rest of the radio show. So let's jump in now. <laughs> So with that, we're going to bring on a panel of business development managers, talk to them, and then we're going to have Alessandra, who's working in business development, stay on with us. Very excited to talk to all of them. I saw Alessandra a little bit ago. We've got Gad on here as well, and Santi. I appreciate all of you showing up. Hello, Gad. How are you? Very good. How are you, Isaiah? Good. Good to see you. Alessandra, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing nice well. to be here. Thanks for being here. Santi, how are you? You're on mute, but it looks like you're doing well. <laughs> Based on the smile. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Great. Really appreciate all of you being here. Thank you so much. So this is an exciting career track, and I think a lot of PhDs are intimidated by it or they don't understand it. So that's kind of what I wanted to clarify is talk a little bit about uh, what is business development? How would you describe it to someone who's never had, you know, how would you describe it to yourself before you got into a role where you had to work in business development? Um, that's the question that I'm going to ask. But first, I'm just going to do a quick round robin here. If you could introduce yourself and the position uh, you're in now and, and the company, if you want to share that. Uh, and I'll go counterclockwise here, starting with you, Santi. Okay. Hi. Hi, everybody. My name is Santi. I'm a business development manager at Champions Oncology. And I started this role two months ago. Um, And uh, uh, for me, the role is a lot about um, connecting with clients, trying to find um, um, the appropriate clients to reach. Um, At the same time, also working um, cross-functional within the in-house team, um, mm. the operation, the R&D. Um, I still have to design every single study that comes through the door. So that's where all of my um, postdoc and PhD experience come into it. So scientifically, it is the, the, I still have to have that scientific knowledge to design any kind of study and then um, have to work with the internal team to make sure that it's feasible um, it will be completed within a, um, um, the, the agreed timeline and it will be executed well. So it's the best of, it's the best combination between the business side, the business side where you have to connect with clients, talk about the business, talk about the, the money aspect. But at the same time, it's still scientific because you have to decide, you have to design each of the studies. Mm. Um, so it's the best of both worlds. 
in my opinion. Perfect. No, thank you. And I think it's a great description. And uh, thanks for being here. Uh, all of our panelists here, they're, they're volunteering their time to come on for this brief discussion just to help you all understand what business development is and that you don't need any kind of special experience beyond your PhD to get into it. Um, so, Alessandra, same question to you. If you could just introduce yourself and uh, the company you're with now and then how you would describe business development. Yeah, sure. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Alessandra Audia. I'm a business development manager at Champions Oncology, as well as Santi. <laughs> and I actually started um, seven or eight months ago, uh, the last March. Um, I think Santi went really well in uh, detail um, about what business development is relatively to our role. We definitely use a lot of our expertise for designing studies. So we, we need the PhD. We need our all expertise. I'm, I've, I've studied in oncology for many years, so that was the best fit for me to enter in a champions oncology um, company. But at the same time, also business development is something that has to be seen as a whole because represent a growth for the company itself. So all the studies that you ended up writing and then you ended up selling eventually to your client are bringing in profit and revenue for the company. So what is beautiful of business development in all the cross-functionality of it is that you are ultimately maybe a salesperson, but you are involved in all the development of the business itself. Mm -hmm. So you need to cross-function and work with all the other people and all the other departments within the company to ultimately sell your product and then produce revenue for the company. So it's an extremely important role. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's a point of clarification. So you're not a uh, transactional salesperson, but when you're developing a business, you have to say, okay, how is, how is this business going to reach these different targets in size, product pipelines, new products coming out, of course, revenue. And, and that, those, understanding those metrics is really what accelerates your business understanding, I think, in this role versus um, just about any other role that you could get into without industry experience as a PhD. Uh, thanks for the introduction. And Gad, same question to you. Hello, everyone. Uh, so my name is Gad. I'm, I'm, I'm working in a technology transfer office in Quebec City uh, in Canada. Uh, my role is a project leader in innovation and business development. So uh, uh, what I'm doing day to day is I'm helping researchers and entrepreneurs to push forward their innovation from uh, university to industry. So what I'm doing is analyzing the technology and uh, analyzing the intellectual property. And at some point in the role, you have to go through business development process. So you have to find a market fit and uh, make a market interrogation, interrogation to, to the actors in industry and try to find how this technology fits and try to find a partner with, uh, so finding a partner with the, the academic uh, people, yeah, and then push forward the the development of a technology to fit into the market, and mm. try to license this technology to uh, somebody uh, in industry. Yeah, and I think the the innovation piece is what should be the most exciting to all of you. You have to innovate 
a company has to innovate or die, right? In academia, we hear publish or perish. In industry, it's innovate or die. And on the leading edge of that is business development. You'll have your hands in R&D saying, okay, what new technology is coming out or treatments or whatever that R&D department creates. And then you'll work cross-functionally with every other department. It could be you know, finance, accounting. It could be sales and marketing. It could be clinical affairs, medical affairs, whatever it is to make a larger project come to fruition, whether that's a new product pipeline, whether that's taking a product that's doing very well in country A and starting to sell it in country B. Like this is, a, I think, peak uh, innovation, peak excitement at the strategic level uh, in terms of business development. Last question for all of you, because I know you're all uh, busy, though, Alessandra, I know you're staying on with us. Question is, uh, what is the most exciting part of your role, right? We, we know this field is very popular. It's funny because we see like all of the, the people that come through our programs, the roles they get into. And we just, this last year, especially business development manager, business development manager, business development manager. Why are so many PhDs being hired into it, do you think? And what's the most exciting part of the role for you personally, Santi? Um, I think I have a list. <laughs> um, number one for me, the fact that I can talk to people would be nice. Is, that's really nice rather than just talking to mice or test tubes. Um, so I love talking to clients. I like um, um, the fact that each you have a variety of different clients with a variety of different um, study design. So that variation excites me. Um, I'm in immuno-oncology, so that field excites me. And the fact that I can talk more about it, um, it's, it's, it's definitely a big plus for me, um, talking about different design. And also at the same time, it's, it's never, um, it's never just one thing. I think the, the, yeah, basically the variation, um, keeps me going. It's, it's never just about one project. You, you, at any one time you deal with about five, six, seven different projects and you really have to switch your brain very quickly between one project to another and the, um, the diversity of the style of project, the style of clients, it's, it's, it, that's, that to me is very exciting. And, and having to work with the cross-functional team. So I'm not alone by myself in, in a lab and just doing things by myself, but it's, it's, it's working collaboratively. Everybody is doing this together for the same goal. So that's, that's for me. I'm on mute. Great insights. Thank you. Uh, Alessandra, same question to you. So what, why do you think PhDs are so valuable for this role right now? And, and what do you love the most about it? Um, yes. So I answered the first question and I think that PhDs are extremely valuable in this role because as Santi was saying at the beginning, we Indians design the study. We are the people that then build a trust with the client and we need to let them know that we know what we are talking about um, in a way that then they can start and work with us and collaborate with us. So this is part actually of, of what excites me because as Santi also was saying, it's always a different project, it's a different study. And that's, it's very challenging and takes you to think a little bit also strategically according not only to how design your study, but also how to catch the attention of the client. There is to be a little bit of, uh, of course, a lot actually, of a lot of scientific background and knowledge that you have because you know how to design a study, which, uh, you know how to the best uh, consult your client. But at the same time, there should be 
and there must be, I think, that social aspect that, you know, puts you out there and talking to clients in suggesting them how to do the best things, but also um, are, you, you must be able to solve things, solve problems. It's, it's really strategical and tactical, and, and that's what I like about it. So definitely the two aspects are the scientific knowledge at the base of studying your designs and your social, you must be a social person that talk, likes talking to people. Yeah, great aspect. And again, but you're talking with purpose. You're setting up strategic alliances. Uh, you're you're making deals that are that work for two different companies. And I think a lot of us as PhDs, we never thought we could be thrown into that mix without industry experience. But you absolutely can. And we're going to talk about it today. Uh, great insights. And then Gad, same last question to you: Why are PhDs so valuable in this this field right now? And what do you love the most about it? Um. Yeah, uh, so uh, PhD are so valuable because because of the technical aspect, as Alex Alessandra said, he said, um, we understand the technology pretty very very well, uh, and this is this is I think this is a, this is an asset to in this role. Um, yes, of course, you have to be very social and you like to meeting people because you will meet people all the time, and this is what is exciting in this role. You meet all the time different kind of people, and you you listen their problems, and you, and most of the time you have some uh, um, answers to their problems. So uh, so this is what is really really exciting, like solving problems. It's yeah. really exciting, and I think we are very uh, uh, very good in it uh, with a PhD because this is our our motto. This is what we're doing all the time. So. Yeah. This is very cool. Yeah. Well said. Thank you, Gad. Thank you for being here, Gad. Thanks for your time. Santi, thank you so much. Good to see you. Thank you too, Alessandra, but Alessandra is going to stay with us. I'm really great to hear that uh, the panel brought up innovation, right? And, and strategy. I think business development is kind of like getting to be a PI without any of the bad stuff because you have a way bigger budget, right? Because PIs get into the position where you get to strategically think of the grants and everything else and how to innovate, but they're under these timelines. They got to write all day for grants, et cetera. But here you have a great uh, team, all these different departments that you can align towards your goals. You get to think strategically on how to innovate. You get to set up relationships uh, with other people in the field, the other key players, and you get to do all of this uh, as your first role. It's a management level role in industry. So you can bypass that entry level role. Uh, we talk a lot about this uh, on all of our sites and our platform altogether. If you get stuck in that entry-level role in industry, it can take, on average, five to eight years to get out, which is why I love the business development track. It's much faster. Uh, so we have Alessandra with us, and thanks for coming on. She was one of the, the co-creators of the program and uh, really helped give us insights to what business development managers do. And let's jump in and start talking about what business development is in a little bit more detail. Okay, so we heard all three of the panelists, including you, Alessandra, talk about this idea of working cross-functionally with different departments, innovating, developing relationships, understanding customers' markets, right? You, you, you talked about the revenue side. Of course, if you're working in business development, you have to grow the business in a way that makes the business more successful, successful in terms of innovation, but also financially. Beyond that... Uh, if we go into 
how business developers and business development managers work. Can you help us understand the structure? So a company might have a business development manager with who underneath them, right? The representatives, associates. How do you work together? How is a, a project formed? How is it taken from theory into practice? Just a high level overview to get us started. Absolutely. I can give you the example of my company. I'm sure there are a little bit different uh, structure. Um, in my company, I'm a manager, as I was saying. Below me, there are the uh, business development associate. Above me, there's the head of business development. And then it goes um, horizontally. There are different type of departments because I specifically work for the biomarker solution department within Champions Oncology, Santi, for instance, works for the translational solution department. So she has a different head of business development. And then at the top, we have the chief commercial officer. Um, they can be also after the manager, in between the head and the manager, director position, in case you have been maybe for a very long time in the company, there's a promotion, you go and you become a director in which then you oversee a little bit more of the manager and the manager oversees the associate. So this is um, yes. the structure within, within the company. Do you want me to go a little bit more in detail about no, it all? Hopefully we'll have time to get through kind of the, the trajectory, but you know, as a business development manager, having representatives or associates uh, report to you to really help you with uh, generating relationship uh, opportunities is a big part of it. And that's a big part of your role overall. And we'll kind of get into uh, what a business development manager does and some example projects that might be under the umbrella of business development, right? So all of you, all, you know, you and all the panelists talked about this idea of cross-departmental activities, cross-functional. Can you help us understand this in terms of this example, right? So let's say there's a successful product in Europe uh, that's doing very well. And business development decides that the goal is to expand it to a different country, the, the U.S., right? So now take that product and sell it in a different country that it hasn't been sold in before. What are some of the, the functions and the departments affected in theory in this example? And how? This is a good example. And first of all, all the departments that we saw uh, detailed in here are affected. At the beginning, it's really important, the legal, legal and finance part as well as the um, yeah, vendor management. Um, it's, it's different between US and, 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 and Europe. There might be different type of regulation starting with that. That's why there's the legal and finance. There's a little bit of also of, uh, differences in, in cost, but the importance um, is that even the regulation itself for the project management and product management might be different. So it's extremely important to know which are the different regulations between Europe and US to then, then start uh, to uh, market itself also yes. a product within a different country because also all the marketing campaign might be differently different, but ultimately comes always to business development in which all these different um, uh, departments come all together to help the growth of the company itself. So definitely a different, but still marketing campaign of the product within the new, within the new, um, the new country. Product management, because as a, as a business development, once we define the product, we gain the client, 
we cannot just leave it there. We need to keep con continuing uh, taking care of the product itself, manage it, see whether there's some yes. um, amendment that has to be done because maybe there's an advancement, innovation of the product itself. And that comes in with the project management also. And then yeah, that's so definitely then with sales and negotiation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's a great way to look at it, right? So you have this goal. It's a very large goal. You can't just snap your fingers and all of a sudden start you know, taking a product that's doing well in Europe and putting it into the US. You have to interact with these different departments, organize and coordinate, but you're doing it at that strategic level. So you might say, okay, product management, what, what does this department need to do to make this possible? Uh, vendor management, who are the vendors in the US versus those in the Europe? Are, some, are they the same, different? You have to set up those external relationships. Uh, you, you have subsidiaries, right? So likely if the company's based in Europe, there's gonna be a subsidiary in the US. Financially, you have to figure out how much that subsidiary has to buy the product from Europe in order to sell it so that they're happy and they make a profit, but also the headquarters makes a profit from the subsidiary. Uh, some of these terms you may not know currently, but this is the business development language that you should learn to speak. And again, it, it's not just in business development, that language subsidiary, for example, you'll have to learn that in any different department. But as a business development manager, you get to do it from a strategic level where you're dipping into these different departments, you're organizing things, you're getting people together, um, aligning tasks with a business plan, which we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, or process plan uh, to, to help accomplish it. And that's just one example. It could be setting up an entirely different product line altogether. It could be setting up um, a business development deal. One thing that's talked about in the program is Amazon and certain retailers like Kohl's. For, for many of you to get a refund on something you buy on Amazon, you don't just take it to your, low, you know, your government post office or uh, UPS anymore. You take it into a retailer and that retailer box boxes, not just yours, but many people's refunds together into one box. That's a deal, a business development deal between the retailer and Amazon. Just as an example, a business development manager set that up, likely a PhD. So these are some of the things to be thinking about. Now, it's not sales. I think this is important. Uh, we talked about it with the panel, so I'm not going to spend much time on it. Sales is transactional. Like a company has to sell that product we just talked about. But for business development, you're focused on the strategy, right? Who are the stakeholders involved? Maybe the investors, the key executives at the other company. It's long-term. So you have to create a plan to make sure that sales are continuing, but you're not a sales person. That's an important distinction. Alessandra, I wanted to talk to you about these different size companies. When I was first looking for a job in industry, I didn't really think about company size. I knew some were bigger, right, based on their name. But I never thought about how the, the operations and certainly how business development would be different between a small company, a midsize, and a large. Can you help us understand what the, the focus of the business development team on each of these companies would be and how their long-term long goals might differ? Absolutely. If you start like in a very small company as a business development and as a startup, your goal is to survive <laughs> as a company. So yeah. definitely the role of the business development is extremely important ultimately in planning the, the five years trajectory of the company and having all the relationship internally as well as externally creating new clients 
but mainly is generating revenue for the company itself. So strategically find ways of um, creating new accounts, which are new clients for the company itself, and um, trying to sign as many deals as possible and reach the business goal of the five years. Um, so the, the differences between the small, the medium and the large, the big difference, let's say, between the small and the large, that if in a large company that is already settled, it doesn't need to have a big um, percentage of increase of revenue um, yearly, you can actually focus on innovation. You don't need to focus much on um Increasing, yes. as I said, the revenue of the, and, and the profit of the company itself, because the company has already its own brand, has already its own marketing campaign. So as a business developer, you don't even interact that much with the sales department anymore, because you really need to stay there on the draw boarding um, board, on, on your board, drawing strategic ways of innovating your company. Also because there's the problem of the large company that they might reach a kind of plateau at some point and that's why in, in sales and that's why the business development and developer is an extremely important role for strategically innovate the company itself. In the startup, you cannot talk of innovation. You can just need to, you, you really need to focus on creating your own brand on your marketing campaign and your product and project management. That's why maybe the best position for the business developer and the less risky compared to the startup as well is the medium-sized company in which you can focus balancedly in generating revenue for the company itself, but also in contributing more in a kind of innovation and project and product management of the company in, in changing yes. a little bit and innovating the product itself. Yeah, so you, you really, this is one of my favorite figures uh, uh, of today. Really keep in mind which size company you want to get access to. Uh, if you're not sure, I would recommend a midsize because you're going to get to do innovation, but you're also going to get exposure to lots of different problems uh, that you'll be looked to to solve uh, strategically uh, as a PhD. And they're growing the fastest, right? That's why they're often referred to as growth stage startups in the world of business development when really it's a mid-sized company. It's not a startup uh, in terms of uh, uh, like a tech startup of 10 people. It uh, can be extremely large, 100, even 1,000 employees. As far as the steps of creating a business process, so how is a business development plan put together? Uh, just very briefly, right? So you have this goal, taking a product from company A, selling it in, uh, from country A, selling it in country B, or introducing a new product, setting up a strategic alliance. Uh, how do you start to break that plan down into an actionable, actionable process? Business developer actually have um, what is called a business canvas um, that can really help in delining uh, this process. It's really important for startup, um, but also for medium-sized and large-sized company for different reasons. In this canvas, you can have a global idea of all the people that you need to interact with yes. and how you will make your profit and revenue, the cost 
and all the money that you had to spend in order to make your revenue and are not just the people that you will interact with to generate and eventually then expand your business. But you need to consider also your customer because at the very beginning, actually the first thing when you start a business is doing what is called customer discovery and mm. then customer validation. Yes. To know whether your business will be successful or not, you need to define which will be your clientele, your customer, because it can be a, a specific niche if it's a specific type of product. It can be a general niche if it's a general type of product. So mm. the business canvas will help you um, having, yes, an overview of all the interaction, the networking, that you need to have in order to develop your business, but at the same time also of the business itself with the cost, the revenue, and your customer. Yeah, and so business discovery, the business canvas, business validation, all of these things are covered in detail, and they are crucial not just in business development, but really business acumen overall. I know it looks like some of you are familiar with the terms, but getting in-depth training at the PhD level with people working in those roles that can give you the real world aspect, very different than just getting the kind of didactic uh, book learning aspect. Like how, do you, how does this apply to the real world, which is much uh, messier? You can create the best business plan, canvas, you can validate all that you want, but something like a pandemic might happen, right? So how do you account for this? How is risk management involved, change management, all that's covered? Now, if you had to break down business development into kind of three categories of consideration for every project. Uh, the three that you'll hear business developers talk about over and over again are customers, markets, relationships, right? So there's always this individual level. This is kind of organizational behavior, really. There's this individual level of, of the people that you're serving. Patients, for example, depends on, you know, who the, the customer is. That's the B2C, the business to customer, business to client. The market, right? So the larger market of multiple types of customers, segments, verticals, and then the individual relationships, how you communicate, right? What communication channels do you have open? How can a huge company like uh, Pfizer or Regeneron or Johnson & Johnson actually communicate with the patient at the end of everything that they're doing? What channels do they have available to them? Not many, an online portal, right? The, the clinician, maybe a medical science liaison or, or similar role. These are the considerations that you get to think about at a high level as a business development manager. Now, I want to switch gears here to how to get hired into this role or similar roles. What are employers looking for uh, in terms of a business developer? They need to invest in the right one, of course, but do you understand competitive intelligence, business intelligence? So business intelligence is covered in detail in the program. Trust, are you the kind of person that can set up a strategic alliance because you can talk uh, directly right? Without hand-waving. We do a lot of hand-waving in academia, but talk directly with an executive, an investor, not just get the trust of technical-minded people, but non-technical people. Know the difference between what you're doing in business development versus sales. Uh, that is important. I think most PhDs understand this because they understand the difference between innovation and tran transactional sales. Keep pace with innovation. Innovate or die, and then know your capabilities. So the, the key skills here. So now that you're on the other side of the table, Alessandra, what do you look for? If you're hiring somebody onto your team as a business, business development representative or associate, or even another business development manager, let's say a PhD from this 
uh, the, from one of the attendees here wants to get into that role, what are you immediately looking for? What are some of the early questions you're asking? The first is the, the knowledge and only the fact that they have a PhD is absolutely uh, a good point. As I was mentioning, I say yeah, in our company, the majority, if not all business development are PhDs. So in order to build the trust that you're talking about, we need to have someone that knows what he's talking about and is competed in his own um, in his own field. So definitely one that is one of the first things that I look at, that I notice. And the second one that maybe I mentioned at the beginning, but it's extremely important as well, is the social aspect. So we tend to be in the lab a little bit more introverts and we don't know that actually we do have maybe skills of communicating with people. And what something that has to stand out to me in an interview is the way the person I have in front of me communicate with me and is able also to keep a conversation. Uh, so yes. some of the questions that may ask are some of the maybe translational skills, uh, um, translational, yes, skills that yeah. I can think from the PhD. So let's say if, if you, how would you sell a product, not even in a few minutes or just in general, or what do you think business development is for you and which are the skills that you think you need for a job like this one and that you can translate from your PhD into a business development position? Absolutely. I was just I was just going to pop forward here to uh, some of these questions. We're, we're going to go through uh, the actual hiring process, but you can see a lot of the questions are, you know, do you actually know what business development is? Let me be more direct. <laughs> they'll, they'll ask you them in a, a gentler way, but do you even know what this field is and what you're getting yourself into? Do you understand that businesses need to grow? Right? A lot of you are in universities right now. Universities are businesses and they're hurting because they're not growing and they're crumbling. Do you know why? These kind of questions will be asked of you. Why do you want to write your rationale-based questions? Why do you want to get into this role? Uh, how would you effectively communicate with a non-technical executive or stakeholder? Why are you even leaving academia? These are some core questions uh, that you need to prepare for and to be able to talk about, uh, talk to somebody fluently uh, with. So uh, as you're preparing, start thinking through these questions. Realize that this training program will help you speak the language of business development, which is what I think... Uh, is probably the most important aspect of it. That's why we have this proprietary method of uh, our training platform with multiple courses, new courses coming out because that language changes weekly on a week-by-week -week basis, um, but also on top of that uh, to have a network of people that you can talk to, right? Because uh, explaining business development to somebody that can't that doesn't, doesn't understand the nomenclature, it's a, a sure way to uh, not be considered for the role. Uh, we talked a little bit, little bit about career trajectory and structure, Alessandra, right? So business development associates, representatives, business development manager, this is where we will help all of you get hired to bypass this role. But then there's also business development leadership. If we're talking about vertical trajectory, what does that leadership look like? It, you know, some, I know you, you know, from your experience, there might be certain job titles, but have you seen other different job titles, director roles? Do they end up heading the department? Where do they transition laterally? Give us some insights. Yeah, uh, as I was saying before, in um, within the company that I work for, let's say I'm a manager, I can transition maybe in a year or two to a director position. Um, 
and in which I deal with a little bit maybe bigger clients and then end up to a head position. It's head of the department in which you keep all the key accounts and the major client of the company. And then from there, you can, your, your doors, I think, are open because you mm. can move internally within the company. You can change department. You can, and thanks also to the MBA program, which I think is extremely useful if you're interested in moving a position of C, CCO, for instance, which is chief commercial officer. You can move to a position of CSO, which is chief scientific officer. So these are all positions that any, are anyway, anyhow involved within the business development. So it, it's definitely a position that I, I think it opens door. It, it definitely doesn't close them. And not only staying within the business development, but also maybe uh, interchanging with medical affairs position. Yeah, so lots of room for growth. And I, I haven't seen a person come out of business development that's been denied uh, moving into any different sector. Uh, you know, you can go vertically into leadership, which is what we were just talking about, showing that sequence from uh, business development manager to leadership or, or representative to manager, that we want to help you bypass this. Uh, but we want to know that that this is a great career track to get into uh, as a starting career track, first of all, because you don't need industry experience. That's number one. Uh, number two, you can get into a management level role, right, without industry experience. So you bypass all the entry level roles. Now you're seen as a manager, and now you can get into any sector you want to because it's so cross-functional. It's so de cross-departmental that you'll have exposure to every different department. Uh, so it's a, it is an exciting role, and that's why we built an entire uh, program around it. Now, as far as uh, creating your resume, your LinkedIn profile, I want to make sure we have time to talk about this, given your specific experience, Alessandra. However you want to frame this question, you know, if you went back to talk to yourself before you applied to your first job, what would you tell yourself as far as changing your resume? Or if you had a job candidate who, you know, you probably have seen some resumes that have been pretty poor, what would you tell them to do? How would you tell them to change the wording on their resume or to show themselves as the prime candidate for a business development role? Yeah, the, the first thing that has to be done is read the application requirements. Because within the application requirements, there are the keys that you can then insert within your uh, resume. And that will help you stand out because they say the application, um, the keywords, I mean. So it's requiring um, experience in project management. You actually, during your PhD, you did project management because all the projects you have been working with, yes. you managed them. Um, another innovation. key Innovation, exactly. Right. Or also another um, things that I found extremely useful for my resume is let's say during your PhD, you have been writing a lot of grants, right? But ultimately the grants were money that you bring in within the lab. So instead of writing, I participated to, um, I contributed to writing N number of grants. You can say I contributed to bring within the lab and total amount of money. So they say mm -hmm. you won an R01 grant. In industry, don't know what is an R01 grant, but they do know that is a 250K that you brought in within the lab. So these are two aspects uh, that are really important for a business development position, I think. So keywords from the um, application. 
and uh, numbers that quantify the, the, the work that you have been doing in the lab in all these years. And it's, and it's very similar for LinkedIn as well. You know, I think that the big difference on LinkedIn, of course, the way it's set up, how it uses keywords with the headline, et cetera, but let's focus on the summary. If you, you were looking at somebody's LinkedIn profile to hire, they have that summary that's the first person summary on LinkedIn, and we train you how to do this in the program, uh, both this program and Scientist MBA. They write it in the first person narrative, right? Like I am so-and-so and I'm interested in business development because of X, Y, Z, or I have this background. The key is to make it future facing, right? So that you see that person being able to come into your business development team and be successful. So what kind of narrative would you be hoping to see on LinkedIn if you were reading somebody's summary that you were interested in hiring? Um, same concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, I wrote the summary uh, on the resume. You, you write a little bit of a summary. Uh, as well of, of who you are and uh, what you achieved and where you want to go. I will use exactly that summary, really short, but intense, that summarize what, exactly what you are. For, for instance, I am a cancer biologist, but what you achieved in these, all these years for a business development position is exactly the, the amount of money that you managed to, to yes. collect in the, within the lab. And um, uh, I lost my train of thought now, but yes, exactly the same. And what you want to achieve then in the future, why you want to be a business development manager. But the LinkedIn has to be a translation a little bit of of your resume and has to be also bullet point and very simple. Mm. And and the last thing we're not going to have time for today is talking about uh, the more in-depth interview questions. We showed you some of the topical ones right before this. We, We jumped to this earlier, but situational questions. These are sometimes referred to as technical questions in business development, but it's the, the techniques of business development, not the techniques in the lab. So if you have a technical call with an HR person in business development or really an in industry overall, they're talking about the techniques related to that role. This confuses a lot of PhDs. Um, we're using the word situational questions for clarity. So what's a, what's a type of situational question that they could be asked uh, coming on board, let's say your company, to make sure that they actually understand how business development works, Alessandra. Are all situations in which you might have been finding yourself in solving problems during a PhD, for instance. So are all situational questions in which they might translate you in a situation with, with, with a customer and ask you as you're suggesting, and as I said at the beginning, sell me this object and close the deal in three minutes. This is actually a question that I received during my interview. But at the same time, they might ask you, let's say you you have a grand deadline in a week, but at the same time, you need to finish your project uh, as well. And your boss doesn't want you to focus on the grant. Your boss wants you to focus on the project. But at the same time, you know that the grant is extremely important to bring in within the lab. What do you do? How do you behave? And yeah. these are the type of behavioral question that they may ask you to see your strategic thinking and your problem solving thinking. Yeah. So, and those are two ones you're going to see a lot in business development because it's more strategic. You're going to see situational. Going back to the example we used earlier, they might say, hey, we have a great product that's doing very well in Europe. We want to move it to Canada. What process would you follow? What questions would you ask? Uh, one that I got asked was, how would you open up the lines of communication with the different department leaders here to get this project going? 
I bombed the question, by the way, because I didn't have any business development training and I just wasn't thinking at that level, but I want all of you to do that. That wasn't even a business development role, by the way. Uh, crucial to understand. And what I love about business development is uh, the training's higher level. You know, we teach the star technique for more of the entry level positions, but here, you know, the higher level training is on the SCR framework. This is something that management consultants use and business development uh, people use. Situation, complication, resolution. Because the problem, the complication is what matters. See, it's called the SCR framework. So situate, you know, the, the, it doesn't matter if it's a situational question or behavioral, you'll handle it by turning into a, a little story, uh, a, a process saying two years ago in the lab, um, uh, the setup, right? Giving it context and then what the problem was and how you resolved it. Uh, very, very important to do. So uh, this framework is where we have to end today. Alessandra, thanks for being on. Appreciate, appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It was my pleasure. This takes us to the end of this show. You can learn about this program and all of our programs at CheekyScientist.com. If you are new to your job search, you don't know which position's right for you, you can go to PhDsGetHired.com. That's plural, PhDsGetHired.com to learn more about our flagship program, the Cheeky Scientist Association that has helped thousands of PhDs around the world get hired. It'll train you on the basics of your job search and help you find the right position for you. As always, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. I'm Isaiah Henkel, the founder of Cheeky Scientist and the creator of the Cheeky Scientist Association. I wanted to quickly tell you that memberships into the association are available to PhDs listening to Cheeky Scientist Radio by using the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. That's phdsgethired.com, P-H-D-S-G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser, scroll down to the orange membership button and click on it, then enter the coupon code CheekyRadio to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. That's Cheeky Radio, C-H-E-E-K-Y-R-A-D-I-O. Remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. Are you worried about the rapidly shrinking job market? Like me, have you been seeing more and more articles on universities shutting down their research labs, furloughing employees, cutting postdocs and TAs? and even withdrawing PhD student funding? If so, it might be wise to start taking steps to protect your PhD career. You've worked very hard and very intelligently for years to establish yourself, but likely you have not reached your full career potential yet. Perhaps you're not even getting respect and you're not getting the rewards that you deserve. The good news is you can get into an industry career where you can get paid well for doing meaningful work. All you need is the right knowledge and the right network. The Cheeky Scientist Association gives you lifetime access to the world's number one PhD-only job search training platform with multiple courses and the PhD-only job referral network of over 10,000-plus industry PhDs. Now is your chance to become a lifetime member for 20% off 
of the association. Just use the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. That's phdsgethired.com. P-H-D-S-G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser, scroll to the orange membership button, and click on it, then enter the coupon code CheekyRadio to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. No recurring monthly fees, no recurring annual fees. Nobody else offers this. PhDsGetHired.com. Use the coupon code CheekyRadio. Remember your value as a PhD, and remember that knowledge is power, and your network is your net worth. Oh, 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 oh